Greetings, heroes, and thank you for answering the Summoner's Call. Presented by the Gamers Inn, this is a podcast for all fans of Fire Emblem Heroes and the Fire Emblem franchise. I'm your host, Ryan Murphy, and joining me, as always, is my co-host, Eddie. How's it going, Eddie? Not too bad. I've been hectic week, even if not for normal reasons, but... Yes, it's been a busy couple weeks, and we are back, and we are going to, you know... Uh, get this out of the way up front uh we did not do all of our game club homework but we did manage to squeeze in just over half of it so um we will have a game club segment this week and we still plan to wrap up awakening next episode uh in a short few weeks so yep i've been a little distracted with three hopes beat my first round and started on a second round and i gotta say the difference between normal and hard in the game is quite massive Really? Uh, I beat my um, normal playthrough of Azure Gleam with maybe one or two characters over level 50. I'm in chapter six of uh, Crimson Blaze because I wanted to push to get a um, get all the facilities in the camp unlocked because while they hold over your progress for New Game Plus, they uh, still got to wait till the right chapter to actually have access to the stuff. And... They're looking for the final battle of that chapter is level 40 in hard mode, as opposed to barely getting to 50 at the end of, you know, chapter 15 or so in easy or normal difficulty. Well, we'll talk a little bit more about Three Hopes uh, later on in the show uh, before we talk a game club. I personally haven't been playing very much, but I am looking forward to hearing uh, more about Eddie's time with various routes and and wrapping uh, wrapping stuff up. Um, but let's start with the banners. Uh, we've got the weekly revival fifty four and thirty three banners running right now. We've got taken by the tide going until the sixth of August. A sketchy summer special hero revival going into the sixth. Norian summer special hero revival going into the seventh. I believe both of those have the special rate, don't they? Yes, yeah, I'm pretty sure all the special hero revivals have special rate now, don't they? Not all of them. Okay, another thing to add. It's only if it's like two or more years old, because it's you know, because they can't give us the four star boosts on all old banners. No, because that would make sense and be good for the customers. <laughs> it's very true. Well, you know what? I haven't been noting that in the banners, but I will going forward for sure. Um, okay, yeah, so we have the Summer Vacation going into the 8th. We have Amir and more going to the 8th as well. The Mythic Heroes Asker banner going to the 8th as well. And Heroes with Push Skills going until the 10th. Now, Eddie, how has your summoning been over the last couple weeks? Lots to summon on. Uh, well, to the shock of absolutely nobody, I dove into the Asker banner. Uh, though I had a bit of a rough go at it. I had no 5 stars at all until right near the spark where I got a um, Asker with a plus attack boon. Uh, since I was so close to the spark already, I went ahead to the spark and grabbed a spare Asker to get rid of his Bane. Uh, other than that, I got a random four-star boosted Dream Camilla uh, from a free summon somewhere in one of the various banners that popped up. Yeah, I, I'll i say this. I have not done any summoning um, to report here. Uh, obviously, the free summons and whatnot haven't... Uh, I think I have a five-star Alm from um, one of the Revival banners, maybe. Uh, he popped up. But other than that, I am still saving for the Brave Heroes that will be arriving 
later on in August. So I don't know if I'm being overzealous, but I have about over almost 250 orbs ready to go, free to play uh, outside of Fate Pass. But yeah, we should be getting a glimpse at those brave heroes in the coming days. Um, we as it we normally have a uh, half year anniversary and brave hero reveal uh Faye channel um i did double check before we started recording because uh Faye has had a habit of pop dropping um stuff right as we're about to record uh okay technically they did it once but you know <laughs> but it uh did double check and it's not up yet so uh and we do have a couple days because we still have at least one more week on the calendar uh not much so we don't have the entire t- downtime uh, but we do have a new Bound Hero battle and banner going with it uh, for Jafar and Nino that launches the banner. The battle launches on the 3rd. We also have Hero's Journey on the 5th and Pawns of Loki on the 7th. Uh, the final thing on the ca- calendar is that next round of special heroes. And with that comes all this, you know, usual stuff with it, including a Tempest Trial uh, banner and login bonus. Uh, obviously, there's a Tempest Trial with it as well, though. The start date of that's not on the calendar, but the Special Heroes banner is on the 9th, is when that is launching, with the Tempest Trial banner and uh, login bonus for the Tempest Trial launching two days ahead of it. Uh, Like I said, we don't have a date for the Tempest Trial, but this is part two of the Air series, so we may end up getting another OC added in. We get to see Ganglot or something. Mm -hmm. Or maybe we'll get Ascended Air. We'll find out. Ooh, yes. Yeah. Lots of uh, possibilities coming up in the near future. Uh, also not on the calendar, but coming up very soon is the next resplendent hero, which will be Larachelle, Princess of Light. Available to Fae Pass subscribers on August 10th will be Larachelle in an outfit inspired by the uh, Yol Sulfur of Book 4. So you know what? Uh, the Light Elves. Yes, I should have just said that. Or the light fairies, or whatever you want to call them. Yep, uh, not not one of those uh, fancy light elves. We do have a god of the world that uh, that the game takes place on joining us in the new mythic banner as Asker got the mythic tap this time around. Um, on the banner with him are Plumeria, Ascended Narita, and Legendary Nana. On blue is Peony, Legendary Dimitri, and Saros. On green is Celica, Legendary Celica, Odor, and Arthur. And joining Asker on colorless is Ashera and Medeus. And as for Asker himself, the god of openness, far from being an imposing, intimidating deity, Asker is the epitome of friendliness and good cheer. In fact, he created Asker to bring about a world where everyone could form connections and become friends. Asker is a colorless beast infantry hero wielding illuminating horn, which accelerates special trigger, cooldown count minus one. If unit initiates combat or is within two spaces of an ally, grants attack slash speed slash defense slash resistance plus five to unit during combat. Unit makes a guaranteed follow-up attack, deals damage equal to 20% of unit's defense, and reduces damage from foe's attacks by 20% of unit's defense. This is excluding area of effect specials. At start of turn, if unit is adjacent to only beast or dragon allies, or if unit is not adjacent to any ally, unit transforms. Otherwise, unit reverts. If unit transforms, grants attack plus two. 
deals plus seven damage when special uh, triggers and neutralizes effects that grant special cooldown charge plus X to foe or inflict special cooldown charge minus X on unit. He has a new skill in the B slot called attack slash defense bulwark three, where foes with range equal to one cannot move through spaces adjacent to unit and foes with range equal to two cannot move through spaces within spaces of unit. Uh, does not affect foes with pass skills. Inflicts attack slash defense minus four on foe during combat. Restores seven HP to unit after combat. And he also has a new skill in the C slot called opened domain. At start of turn, if unit is within two spaces of any allies from a different title than unit, uh, grants resonance blades and resonance shields to unit and all allies within two spaces of unit. And also if unit or any of those allies has their special cooldown count at its maximum value, grants special cooldown count minus one to them. Rounding out his kit is bonfire as a special and attack slash defense ideal four in the A slot. So uh, quite a bit there. Oh yeah, the new um, the bulwark skill is quite interesting. Uh, being a upgraded, you know, anti-pass or anti, you know, movement skill, preventing anyone who doesn't have pass to slip by, from slipping by him. And doing it at both range and uh, adjacent, because most previous skills like that just worked adjacent to your unit. So, mm-hmm. yeah, no, I I think this is uh it's a very that's that skill especially there will come in handy, especially if you're like you're trying to defend. Um, you know, you've got ranged attackers, uh, or range your ranged units behind Asker there. That will come in handy and probably really good with uh, with PVE to kind of keep people attacking Asker as opposed to attacking um, your other units. But yeah, it's a it's a crazy skill. I obviously I haven't had a chance to play with it, but um, it's really good to see him added to the game. Yep. Yeah, it's kind of interesting to see them bringing in an original character mythic so early on in the year. But I guess it's expected as they seem to be dragging out the. Uh, main series mythics as you know non-heroes mythics as long as they can while trying to either figure out designs for the ones they don't have designs for yet or skill sets for the one they have designs for i'd say they're running short on potential mythics but they have so many ancient heroes that they have to choose from like the 12 elites or the eight saints of fodlin uh we know sethlin and keyhole's designs to a degree but no idea of macwheel index or the four ashen wolves uh, saints. Plus, there's like the rest of the Jugdral heroes. We got one or two of those. Arcania heroes of the past. Uh, we know Tellius has a few, uh, if not a good number, more than I'm thinking of. But I know at least two or three. I think there was three that we're working, or two more that we're working with. Um, what's her name? Uh, the one who was I can't remember her name. All of a sudden, one who wields Ragnall and Alondel. Oh, uh, Altina. Yes, Altina. That's her name. So I think there were at least two more with her. So, yeah, there are a lot of options for uh, mythic heroes. I, I feel like yeah, I think we got most of the quote unquote gods of the series, but not as many, you know, other ones. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that I think that, you know, intelligence systems is is probably hesitant to a lot of the ones you listed, especially like Fodlin's elites and saints. Like they're they're characters that were not designed previously right like we don't have existing artwork for them do we which is why i said you know they're just figuring out what they want to do for the designs of them okay yeah yeah Uh, there there might be a couple more that they still have designs for that you saw to some degree that 
they just haven't figured out what they want the skill sets to be. But yeah, they're probably working on what they want the designs to be to a degree. Because yeah. yeah, we don't have any idea what any of the you know saints or the um, elites other than Sethlene and Keyhole look like. Right. Yeah. And so. I wonder, you know, obviously we're not going to see any mythic outside of, uh, I'm sure Embla will be in two months, right? And you probably get, and then the next mythic will be book well, seven? One could be three months, could be less. Could They could do Embla as a dual one like they did a couple times. But right. now that they've uh, shifted from guaranteed every other month, uh, we don't know exactly when the next one will be, but even, you know, even if uh, it's OC Mythics for the rest of the year, there's still at least one slot. Yeah. You know, because we got, uh, what, what was her name a couple banners ago? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Uh, what what is even last her. month? I don't know. I was saying there was another Mythic this year that wasn't OC. I can't remember who off the top of my head. Was it Uller? I, or that years ago? Well, that like, was yeah, that was a year or two ago. Okay, well you don't. I I'm I'm terrible at uh, uh, yeah. at remembering these things, but because like they don't, they, 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 there's so many yeah. heroes that get added to the game. Oh yeah, I think um, it was like a staff mythic, but oh yeah, there's so many heroes. There's so many. Uh, and of course, these mythics are going to be coming back. Um, we know that Asker, Plumeria, and Ultra are coming back in October. November is Nana and Saros. Uh, Medeus returns in December. January of next year is when Dimitri comes back again. Uh, Asher and Peony will come back next February. And um, Celica is going to wait until March now to come back again. So There you go. Lots of mythic and legendary heroes to look forward to. And hopefully you remember... You, the listener, remember uh, the hero. I was just looking back. Is it Elamine? Was that the one? Yes. Okay. Yes, that's her. Because there aren't a lot. Like I was, I was just looking at the meet the heroes section of of the mythic, just the mythic heroes. There aren't a lot of them, you know. Um, so I, I narrowed it down, and I was like, I'm gonna guess Elamine, and I was right. So there we go. Hey everybody, Ryan, future Ryan, popping in here uh, after we finished recording this. Uh, a Fey channel was posted in the evening, uh, probably at 11 p.m. Eastern. And uh, when we woke up, we discovered, hey, there's a there's a Fey channel to cover. So I decided to record this brief snippet going over all the uh, highlights from the Fey channel. And of course, if there's anything that I missed or <laughs> screwed up, which is a possibility, uh, we'll return to it on our next episode. And there is stuff here that we'll have to return to because uh, it will be arriving in the game uh, during the week that we're off. So without further delay, and I am slotting this in the middle of the episode, so to maybe not make this as jarring as uh, it probably already is, uh, let's get into it. So the Fey Channel for August 1st, 2022, kicked things off with Faye's Summer Celebration. As Eddie uh, hinted at, we were likely to see a Fey Channel for the five and a half year celebration for the launch of Fire Emblem Heroes. So that's going to include, as you would expect, a bunch of rewards, including two login bonuses. Uh, you've got quests and Ether Raid quests. There's a Ether Raid structure and form a soul up for grab there if you're looking to uh, complete those quests. And a bunch of other rewards as well. I, I did not bother to list them all out, but uh, pretty much every resource is up for grab. 
uh, but only two orbs as part of the quests. But uh, we'll get more orbs later on. We also have daily skill focused summoning event revivals, all from 2021 being revived here for the celebrations. We have a grand hero uh, battle revivals as well with quests to go alongside those. They will last two days each. We have reward maps. This is where the orbs come in. You're going to be able to earn 20 orbs in total. These are all special maps featuring the top 40 heroes from the 2022 A Hero Rises events. Finally, there's a Hero Fest, which features Niffle, Moosefell, Ascendant Fjorm, and Ascendant Legyurn, plus 10 free summoning tickets for that banner, which is pretty awesome. We also got a preview of the next batch of special heroes, which will be a Thief-themed festival. Uh, this will be launching August 9th. From Binding Blade, you've got Kath. From Fire Emblem, you've got Leela. From Radiant Dawn, you have Soth. Mystery of the Emblem will have Rickard, which is our Tempest Trials unit. And then from Fates, Birthright, and Conquest, you have the duo hero, which will be Nina and Kagero. Finally, the Fate Channel ended with the next version update, which uh, is scheduled for August 8th. There will be new arena maps with uh, snow and evening settings, so look forward to that. Legendary and Mythic Hero Remix will have Om and Naga. We'll go over these heroes when the remixes are live. Uh, if we remember, I know we've been pretty bad at it, so uh, we'll try to t keep that top of mind. But uh, there will also be new heroes added into the remix pools, including Eliwood, Sothis, uh, Deirdre, Thrasher, I think that's Leif, and Altina. Again, if I'm wrong, which is possible, uh, we will go over these again. We also have more heroes being added to the summoning focus revivals. Um, I think... I actually think I wrote this down wrong. It, it appears as though these are more heroes being added to the four-star special hero rate. So I could have that wrong. I apologize. This is all fresh. I'm recording this pretty much the day that the Fae I watched the Fae channel. So um, we have a new mode coming. This was the big reveal as part of the version update. A new mode called Binding Worlds. It appears as though, surprise, surprise, there'll be a new stamina resource. Uh, but the big hook here is that there are magic circles on each map, each enclosure that you enter, uh, which allows you to swap out your hero with another hero from someone else's game. Uh, it appears as though it is a random player or someone off your friends list. You can either or choose from there. Uh, at least that's what it looked like with the preview. Heroes seem to be able to reach a max level of 99, which is... I think to do with the special resources you can earn by playing and, and unlocking uh, or completing more enclosures, uh, which is what they basically call the maps for the mode. But uh, you can earn orbs and dragon flowers just by playing each day. And as I said, other rewards are earned by playing. Uh, this will begin on August 12th. And did I mention that was the last part of the Fate Channel? No, there was one last surprise. Uh, it was more of a tease at the very end where Faye confirms she will return for a special Choose Your Legends edition of Faye Channel. So look forward to another surprise Faye Channel being posted right after we record in just a couple weeks. <laughs> Anyways, let's get back to the normal show, heading into the Outrealm Gate. Uh, all right, folks, well, that is going to do it for our Fire Emblem Heroes content, but we are going to head into the Outrealm Gate and we'll kick things off. Now, Eddie, I know you talked a little bit about Three Hopes at the top of the show. Uh, was there more you wanted to discuss? Because frankly, for me, I have not gone back to it since Xenoblade Chronicles 3 launched. So 
It's been busy. Yeah, without you having been it, there's I'm not sure there's much more I really want to discuss that wouldn't get into spoiler territory. Okay. You know, you can see one of my complaints about the game doesn't, you know, make it that I don't love it. It's just one slight grumble about uh, the ending in Discord. That will be tough to talk about. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't... It, yeah, it's hard to really say anything without <laughs> half-spoiling and debate on whether it's spoiling or not, but I... you can see it spoiler-tagged in Discord if you want to go back and find it. We chatted a bit about it. Yeah. Uh, might even half-slipped out of spoiler tags, but I tried to spoiler tag anything I felt was actual spoilers. But I, I did overall enjoy it. Wasn't thrilled with how they chose to end it, but, you know... Look, I'll, I'll say this. As someone who did click on the spoiler tags strategically, um, I don't think it ruins the enjoyment of the journey, but it's it, it could, you yeah. know. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, I Now I'm worried about saying more, but I think when, when I read that, I was like, yeah, that sounds like Fire Emblem to me. Um, sometimes they just, they, they, they do that. Uh, specifically, yeah, I, I can't say more. I don't want to get in trouble. For me, it was less than they do that and how they did that. Right. If that makes sense. If you read through the spoilers or if you looked at the picture, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Okay. Maybe well, not, but I did know. not I did I didn't dive too much further than a couple comments, but I'll I'll say this. So if, if you have finished uh Three Hopes and you obviously we will we will come back to Three Hopes once we've each finished at least one route and we'll we'll have some discussions there, but And I will note in during our discussion is it does sound like what was one of my fears is not actually the case. So, uh oh. playing through the Azure Gleam route, um when you play through the demo, it looks like the story that happens in each route happens no matter what. And part of me was worried that the uh Golden Deer route would be same thing as the blue lines are up just from a different viewpoint, but it does sound like it is more different, which is good. I like that they do that in these. Okay. So. Well, there you go. That's good to hear. Uh, well, you know what? Let's jump into game club because we are looking to wrap up our fire emblem awakening journey. And we have three paralogs we're going to discuss today. Uh, these are the spot pass paralogs that uh, were available during the launch uh, of the game although if you i think we've talked about it before but i think you, obviously i activated them uh, i'm pretty sure you can activate them uh now just through the online services so i don't know what online services are still active but if the service to actually access them is still active then you should still be able to access them yeah if I had to guess, you're not downloading anything, you're just unlocking content that was patched in. So I I feel like you can update, you can download content you own. Um, so it should, don't quote me, but again, like we're going to talk about it. These paralogs are heavily documented on the internet. So if you aren't able to get a hold of them, um, you, you could you could probably uh, Google it <laughs> or just listen to our discussion starting right now. Here's Paralogue 18, The Dead King's Lament, which is Gangrel's Paralogue. While patrolling the South Sea to defeat some pesky pirates, Krom and company come across a familiar face. The face of an enemy long thought dead. Gangrel the Mad King? So mad in fact, you'll have to speak with him not once, not twice, but three times with Krom to recruit him. You'll need to use some quick thinking here, as you'll easily be able to defeat the first half of enemies to the east of the map, 
but you'll pull the second half alongside Gangrel when you go to engage him. While the Mad King would prefer to be killed, Krom is successful in swaying Gangrel over to his side by promising a swift death in taking on Grima. So, in this battle, this is uh, beginning our journey into the weird uh, recruitment requirements that are going to pop up in these paralogues, and this is the weirdest one. I think this might be the weirdest one. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm pretty sure the rest of them are pretty basic. Uh, There's... (laughs) The standard, you have to use a certain character for stuff, but I think like Priam is just a, he automatically joins you, and I don't think Aversa had anything too special other than just talking to her, but yeah, this is definitely the weirdest of the recruitment options, because talking to him three times. That's pretty weird. Yeah. So, okay, then I stand corrected. Basically, there are two very out-of-the-box requirements, uh, and the first is, is Gangrel's, so... Yeah, I was looking at um, the uh, Aversa map, and there's an NPC version of her that you have to keep alive to recruit her. Oh, so okay. That's the only other slightly weird one. Priam, I think. Priam just joins you, I think. Yep, at the end of chapter. Okay, cool. Well, here's the thing. Let's talk about Gangrel, because uh, this map um, is a bit of a pain. Uh, I found online that the best strategy to use, which is what I eventually was able to finish the map with, is to use a resistant fighter unarmed because this way when Gangrel attacks, because he's very aggressive, he will run after the first character he can find. Uh, so I had Callum unarmed. He was able to take all the hits, no problem, uh, and got Krom to talk to Gangrel once. Um, that being said, he is surrounded by five or six other high-powered units. So if those units or even Gangrel decide to attack Krom and take him out, uh, the whole map resets because that is a that is a fail state. Crom, Crom and uh, Robin dying are fail states almost every map. <laughs> exactly. So in this case, um, I got so I did have to restart the map a couple times because I either killed Gangrel or um, Gangrel killed Crom. But eventually, when I started to use the strategy I found online, I got lucky with the first. Um, sort of enemy phase where Gangrel, I had talked to him once and he attacked, uh, I think he ended up attacking Kellum and no one else killed Krom. So I was like, yay, that worked. So the second time I had Krom talk to him once and I had Olivia dance to make Krom talk to him again. And then I was able to recruit him. I had the rest of my enemy or the rest of my army swoop in and take out the rest of the units that were surrounding Gangrel. So it was, uh, it took some, it, it took some strategy, but it, it did it did work in in the end so yeah yeah i i had less issues and this is partially probably because i have such overpowered characters uh but i um had uh you know i pulled crom right into range of him and since he has a uh, 11 sword he attacked at range and i killed off the two other guy pretty easily the two other guys that came after crom uh so you know first round with him i spoke to him twice using olivia and um, then, uh, since he has that Levin sword, and most of my characters could take a hit from it, um, he just went after another unit who, uh, you know, didn't have a ranged attack to attack him back. While I, you, I moved all my other units around to move all the guys that were with him, kill all the guys that were with him, you know. And so, fairly easy for me. But you know, I think he went after Pan, my second one, and she just was like, "What? What are you doing?" <laughs> 
type thing. Yeah. Well, that's Didn't good. Really hurt her that much if you even hit her. Yeah. It, yeah. uh, and, and the other thing is the, so when you talk to Gangrel the first time, he doesn't really know who he is. He's been, he's been sort of living with uh, these pirates. And... It, it feels like he knows who he is, but having been defeated so handily, he's pretty much given up on life. So he's just accepting, oh, I got defeated, so I'm just a maggot. Yeah. You know, he knows who he is. He just, oh, my life means nothing because I got beat so bad or beat so hard. Not worthy of being a king. I'm a maggot. When you talk to him a second time, that that is more clear in, in him saying like, no, I, you know, you make a good speech, but I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to turn to your to your side. Just just kill me. You, now's your chance to do it again. And uh, I think the third time he's like, okay, if I join your side, will you stop talking? <laughs> uh, uh, it was more like Krom's like, you know, you used to be worth killing. You're not worth killing. Because Krom says, I would be more than happy, but we need to stop Grima. You know, happy to kill you, but we need to stop Grima. And Gangrel's like, then satisfy your desire to kill me again. And the third time Krom's like, you know, the shell of a man, that, of the, you know, of a man is not worth killing. And Gangrel's like, stop talking. Anything to shut you up. Fine, yeah. I'll come. Throw me at whatever you want. Get me killed. Yeah. Yeah. It was a, I, I, honestly, like, I, it was a good map. It was a, it was an interesting, you know, recruitment requirement. It required some strategy there. And I, I thought it was good. Especially if you're not overpowered from grinding like I was. And I'm sure on harder paths, it's even tougher. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So. Oh, man. I'm glad I was playing on casual. I'm glad. Speaking of tough maps, uh, we have Paralog 19, Irreconcilable Paths. This is the Wallhart Paralog. The group finds a bunch of powerful Risen, and while they are not near any towns, Crown Society is not safe to leave them be in case they do try to head towards civilization. When the map opens, we find Wallhart has forced the Risen into submission under him, uh, but he finds them weak and pathetic. Uh, we fight through them, and Crom is surprised to see Wallhart here and alive, yet despite uh, the threat of Grima, Wallhart refuses to bow to Crom without fighting again. Uh, says something along his line, if you don't want me, you must beat me again, type thing. After beating him, Wallhart joins and discusses how Crom was, you know, is shocked at how Crom was able to beat him. Crom admits that man-to-man Walmart hit, is stronger than Crom. Uh, but Crom has his allies that give him additional strength and have allowed him to continually beat Wallhart. Well, uh, afterwards, we get a little segment of Crom doubting and wondering if all the doubts and questions he faces on his path are actually better than the conqueror path that Wallhart walks, where he doesn't take counsel, counsel, just moves forward towards what he's doing. And Frederick uh, lays his fears, stating that, you know, Crom's path while he may backtrack and doubt things, is a, bit, a better path than Walhart's. So, and yeah, this one definitely seems the toughest map in the game. All the yeah. enemies here are extra strong that even with my overpowered units, they were often able to survive around if I didn't get a partner follow-up during the battle uh, or a crit. And while my units have well over 60 health, they, there were a couple of them that were going after Cherche and hitting her for 25, 26 health a hit. Uh, with a decent enough hit rate to hit at a fairly steady pace. Uh, she was on the edge of dying a couple times for me on this map, but was able to keep her up. Yeah, this was uh this was a, you're right. This is a very tough map. It was tough for me uh, with not so overpowered heroes. Uh, lots, as you said, lots of high power units, 
strewn across the map. I kind of um I kind of kept to where to sort of our corner of the map and like slowly expanded and allowed, you know, the enemies to come to me. Um I think I did lose a couple I had a couple of folks that had to uh retreat, but um and and essentially here the requirement I I couldn't quite tell and I didn't want to test it cuz I didn't want to do the map twice whether it was have Crom just fight Walhart or have him defeat Walhart. Uh, it wasn't clear to me. I don't know if you caught that distinction in your research. It says if Crom fought him in this chapter, uh, and Walhart ran up to Crom and uh, instigated a battle, and that's where they discuss and talk about beat me if you want me to join you. Um, I brought my uh, Robin up next to him and opted not to attack and let Crom do the attack in case Robin and Lissa, you know, beat the crap out of him. Uh, so, um, yeah, I don't know whether it was mattered or not, whether Crom dealt the killing blow or if he just had to fight him, if him attacking Crom and Crom not being able to fight back was enough or not. Mm-hmm. So, well, I did have Crom defeat, uh, Walhart. I, I, uh, like I said, I didn't want to, didn't want to test it and having to redo the map. Um, so I did, I did get it. Um, I did get him. Uh, my my biggest concern was I had Crom fight him once. He was low on health, and I was like, "Oh man, if he attacks somebody else, that then retaliates and kills him." So I better like move all of my <laughs> other high powered units out of the way. But uh, I mean, mm-hmm. honestly, it might have been for naught. It might have been not worth the trouble. But I but I did finish it. I did uh, recruit Walhart, and uh, I also tested my phone's ability to allow me to type Walhart instead of Walmart. Uh, Discord did not like it. But mm-hmm. uh, I was fine with the notes. No problem. So yeah. uh, our final paralogue for tonight is paralogue 21, Ghost of a Blade, which is Yen Fei's paralogue. Rumors persist that Yen Fei yet lives and has been seen walking through the tomb of warriors. When starting the map, you'll notice a Yen Fei as an ally. You'll be able to recruit him by having Sari speak with him. However, upon completing the map, we learn that this is not our world's Yen Fei. This is Yen Fei from a timeline where he perished. Uh, I wrote this wrong. This is Yen Fei from a timeline where he uh, was he lived and Sari perished and, and Sari was unable to be saved. While technically not being each other's true siblings, they are determined to work together to save this world from Grima. So this, uh, this was a much easier map. You just had to have Sari sort of talk to Yen Fei. Is it Siri only, or does Krom have the option to talk to him? As far as I know, it's just Sari, but I could be wrong. I I use Sari, so um, in my research, it it did mention Krom, but again, I I think based on the way the map works, like it's very much, it it feels very much like a Sari Yenfei sort of reunion. That makes sense. Siri is the most logical one to have talked to him, and of all the characters to not bother with, you know, Krom as an option, then this is this would be it, you know? Yeah. If based on a quick look, it, it is just sorry that you're gonna you're gonna be able to use here. So uh but it it was a it's again like it's a fairly simple map. Yenfei is like in the room next to where all your units start and he will go after uh, the closest enemy unit to attack. And sometimes, so if you leave an enemy close to where your army is alive after your first turn, uh, Yenfei will actually walk closer to you and, and Sari can just go over and talk to him. And then 
he's on your side. You don't really get the... So it, when you talk to him the first time, he does say, I'm not who you think I am. I'm not the Yenfei you're searching for. Your Yenfei is, is, is dead, but doesn't explain much further. It's not until the end of the map when you get the full explanation uh, outside of how he appeared there. Like, they don't really go into, like, why he's in your timeline, just that he's there. Um, something about maybe him wanting to, like, you know, help where Sari had lived, you know, in a timeline where yeah. she had lived. So it's it's tough to say, but... It was a good map and it was a, it was fairly simple, you know, over and it's not, it does not drag on, not a lot of difficult units. So I was kind of surprised. Yeah. I haven't played this one. I'll get to it before our next episode, but I did look back and verified that Krom just has to fight against Walhart once in the previous map. Uh, He does not have to be the one to finish him. Okay, cool. Well, that is probably going to do it for our game club this week. Uh, next week, though, next episode, we'll have the final two paralogs, Aversa and Priam paralogs, to discuss. Uh, those are the final two spot pass paralogs. And then we will go into the end game, discuss the final few chapters there, and we will wrap up our whole conversation for Awakening Game Club next episode. It's been a journey. Uh, I, I don't think we started at the start of the year. I think there was a couple months there where we were looking for 3DSs and sort of setting things up, but um, yep. it did take quite a while, but we, we've made it. We're nearly there, Eddie. I think we've moved at a quicker pace than some of our previous games when we were only doing one or two chapters a week, but yeah, we're finally winding it down. Yeah. Quite a lot of parallels to grind through, so yeah, that added a couple weeks there. It did. Uh, but also, if you are wondering, hey, didn't you uh, say you guys were going to do Tokyo Mirage Sessions, Sharp FE, and some sort of special game club discussion, something like that? Uh, yes, we are going to do that. And uh, Eddie and I haven't actually talked about it yet, but I was kind of throwing... It's obviously on the plan to uh, to do it after Awakening. We'll likely take a short break like we normally do, but we should have more details before the end of August as to when we'll start that. Uh, with the plan to possibly complete it by the end of the year. That's that's sort of the time frame that we're looking at. That sound about right to you? Sounds about right. Sounds good. Good stuff. Well, let's wrap up the show here. We've got uh, a full episode here for you to listen to, so we're going to we're gonna jet here. Uh, you can visit us on the web at gamersinpodcast.com slash Faye. Email the show, Faye at gamersinpodcast.com. You can check out the Fire Emblem channel and the Gamers in Discord at bit.ly slash TGI Discord. Follow us on Twitter. You can find me at R. Murphy, Eddie at Drowfear, and don't forget to follow at the Gamers in for show updates. Be sure to check out serenesforce.net, our go-to resource for Fire Emblem news and information. It's going to do it for this episode of Summoner's Call. Have a great week, and happy summoning. Mm-hmm.